and you think I'm playing about that, but boy, sometimes this. I don't know if the I don't know if the uh, if the wildness of the kids or the softness of their heart. I'm not sure which one it is, but uh, but they they bring the temperature down a little bit because uh, sometimes it's 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 it ain't easy sometimes in here on Sunday mornings. But I'm glad they're here, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad they're they're in here with us. Um, well, we are. Um, we're headed into the Wednesday night, Thursday morning part of of the what what they would call the Passion of Jesus Christ, the Passion Week, um, which would be when Jesus was crucified. And so, over two thousand years ago, on on. Here, here's one thing we know, here here's one thing we do know. You can't get three nights and three days from Friday to Sunday. We do know that. Now, whether it's on actually on Wednesday uh, evening or Thursday morning, however the calendar actually falls, that's kind of debatable. And I'll you know you can give some latitude there, but but this is a this is around that time. Man, we spent a lot of time over the last several weeks talking about Jesus Christ. And and this week, talking about him being a friend of sinners, man, and, and us bringing it to this point, this coming Sunday. And, and, and even the night, we're going to focus on a couple of things that was, that was said in the Bible. Um, and they're, they're, they're just statements that I think that we need to ponder just a little bit. But I, I personally, I I think that we, I, I was talking to somebody about this today, early this morning. I think that we probably need a revival within our own personal lives of Jesus Christ. You say, what, what, what does that even mean? I, here, here's what I mean by that. I don't know how many of us, man, have been excited over the person of Jesus Christ in a long time. Man, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I've the last several weeks I've preached to encourage myself. Like in that realm, like within that vein. Why? Well, but because I, I don't know what it is. It's easy for us. You remember that church that was uh, that was doing real good in. in uh, in Ephesus, book of Revelation, chapter number 3, they're doing really good. They're killing it. I mean, they're calling out doctrinal issues left and right. They're challenging people that said they were apostles, and they were, they were not. But then Jesus says, I have somewhat against thee. And what was that one thing? Does anybody know what that one thing that they had against them? They left their what? They left their first love. So they had all their dispensational truths right. They had all their doctrinal I's dotted and all their doctrinal T's crossed. Right? They, they had a church that was, man, it was down the line. And then that one thing, that one thing, Jesus is like, man, look, I like all that. I enjoy, that is a good thing. I'm not docking you for that. But I'm telling you, you did one thing and you left your first love. 
Now, I don't know everybody in the room. I don't know where you are on a personal basis, but here's what I do know. Man, me and Brother Sean, uh, in, in, I, I, you know, I'm going to spoil his little deal. Me and Brother Sean got to talk today a, a little bit, and, and, and I'm sure he'll, 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 be, he'll be worshiping the Lord Sunday morning in his own way, um, praising the Lord in his own way. But it's been nine years since God changed Brother Sean's life this coming Easter. Nine years ago that he walked in this joint. And it was nine years ago that Sean, like, piled up in an altar here at this church and and I think made a whole lot of Jesus at that moment. You know what I think we forget to do? I think we forget to make much of Jesus in the midst of crossing all the I, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. There's some statements in the Bible, and, and look, I'm, I'm, I, I, you, you're going to have to help me tonight uh, for for the sheer fact there. There's some statements in the Bible that I think are rather intriguing that we kind of need that I think we need to look at. They're not going to be on the screen. Uh, Charlie will probably throw them up there, and I won't know it here in a little bit. But I I dealt with a couple of these things so far while I have been preaching in here. There's this word. Uh, there's there's yeah, you remember John chapter one and verse twenty nine. It was John that when he was with his disciples, that Jesus Jesus showed up, and John was looking at Jesus, John 1 and verse 29. John is looking at Jesus. And you remember what you remember what he said to his disciples? He said, Behold. Now, now that word, it, that's, a, that's a really interesting word. Because it's not the way we use the word. It, we don't actually use the word much anymore. But but John was saying, John is saying to his disciples, you need you need to behold the man that you see before you. Like you need to behold him in all of who he is. Man, you really need to take this in. This is not a word that's like overly used in the Bible. It is used in the Bible, but it's not an overly used word. But he says, he says, behold, take it all in. You need to look at Jesus Christ and you need to analyze Jesus Christ. You need to look at him. You need to see who he is. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And so John, he, he, points, to, he points to the disciples that was with him at that time. He says, look guys, you need to be looking at him. Man, you know, the, the, the real reality in this whole thing is this is, this is one of the, the greatest forms of a servant of Jesus Christ that there ever has been in John the Baptist. Why? Because John the Baptist had his own ministry, but it wasn't his. John the Baptist had his own disciples, but they wasn't his. Why? Well, they were only his for a, a season so that he could say, man, you need to look at Jesus. That's the whole reason I'm doing this anyway. I'm coming to preach about a dude whose shoes I'm not worthy to loose, and this is him. Shouldn't that be our message? Shouldn't that be our message to our kids? Shouldn't everything that we do for our friends, shouldn't it be, behold the Lamb of God, behold Jesus Christ? Well, man, you really need to check out Jesus Christ right here. 
I mean, everything that we do, right? Not, not just some things, but everything that we do. Hey, our message at church for sinners and saints alike is, man, we, you really need to behold Jesus in this thing. John chapter number 19, you find another place in verse number 4. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, he says, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Pilate, a sinner, a lost man, a lost Roman, he brings, he, he brings out to the Sanhedrin, the Jewish Sanhedrin, the Jewish uh, tribunal. And he says, hey, behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know I find no, I, he, he's not under fault with me. I can find no fault in the man. In verse number 5 says this, Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. Now picture this with me for a minute. We're, we're in a court of law. We're in a court hearing. And the court has ruled that there is no found, there is no fault found in the man Jesus Christ. And Pilate, a lost man, says, Hey, you need to you really need to look at this dude because I can't find any fault in him. Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? Man, we got lost people saying, Look at Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't really see anything wrong with him. But you know what? You, you, you know what? You know what? Man, he's not enough for most Christian people. He's not enough for most Christian people to submit themselves to. But he says, Behold, the man. Now remember, he has been scourged, he has been beaten with, with the cat of nine tails. He has been spit on. He has been punched in the face so bad. So Isaiah says, and we may get to that tonight, but his, his visage was marred. Even who he, was, who he looked like was so marred, you could barely tell that he's a man. He's been punched in the face. He's been spit on. He's been ridiculed. He's been beat. He's been stretched out over a Roman torture device. He's now had a crown of thorns platted upon his head. Sunk in through the brow of the Savior's head was, was thorns. And they mocked him and put a purple robe on him. Pilate said, Behold the man. John 19 and in, in, in verse number 14. It was about, and, and it was the preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour, he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. Ain't it interesting? The dude with the crown of thorns, the dude with the purple robe on was, was just a man and now all of a sudden he's transitioned. Hey, you, you, remember, these are all lost people and they're painting a picture. 
John already says he's the Lamb of God. And you remember what we've seen in Revelation chapter 5? We'll get there in a minute. But behold, the line of the tribe of Judah. He said, John, don't weep. Behold, your king. See, none of this stuff matters if he ain't king. None of this stuff matters if he, if, he ain't, if he ain't a lamb to you, if he ain't the lamb to you. None of this stuff matters if he hadn't been made your king. Man, how many of you are grateful that the lost man knew he was a king? Look, in, in, in Matthew 27, in verse number 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top, from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks did rent. Now, why, why would that be so important? Why would, why, I can see beholding the Lamb of God, and I can see looking at the man, and beholding the man who no, who, and no fault was found. I can see beholding the king that they were making fun of and mocking, but the veil, really, the veil, why would we look at the veil? The veil's special. This wasn't just any veil. The historians say that they would hook four or five yoke of oxen to each side of this veil when it was made. Just to test the strength of it to make sure that it couldn't be torn in half before this veil was hung in the temple. That's how strong the veil was. That's how important the veil was. It, the veil symbolized that nobody could, not, could go to God without having a mediator on their part, a priestly mediator. An earthly mediator could not go and present uh, the blood sacrifice for anybody. We, we couldn't do that without the priest. So we're still operating under this, this Jewish laws, uh, Jewish uh, system. And you couldn't get back there. You couldn't offer, you couldn't make an atonement for your own sin. Why? Well, because there was a veil and you had to have special privileges to get behind the veil. And only a certain tribe could go behind the veil. Only a certain kind of person could go behind the veil. And, and, and you couldn't just get back there. Why? Well, if you went back there and you were, you were found unjustly being back there, well, God would kill you on the spot. You would die within the presence of God. And it isn't a significant thing. Because, why? Well, because God purposely, remember we, we don't believe God wasted words, right? He says, behold. You need to behold the veil. You need to look at the veil. You need to take inventory of the veil. Why? Well, because the veil is no more. So, so, so we'll say uh, you're, you're coming down the aisle of the temple. And there's a veil right here. Obviously there's a laver and... Uh, there, there's an altar and uh, there's a place where you're, uh, the labor's where you're washing yourself and uh, the altar's where you're sacrificing. And, 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 and we'll say there's a, this veil right here where you, you're bringing uh, your sacrifice to give to the priest to present on behalf of, uh, of you. 
Now you have to have this mediator go, well, here, here's, here's what God's, listen, guys, you, you need to behold this veil. You need to look at this veil. Why do you need to look at this veil? Because the veil was rent, you now have full access to God on your own behalf. You now can come to God on your own behalf. And, and, and he went so far as to say, because we don't believe that God wasted words, he said it was rent from the top to the bottom. He didn't say from the bottom to the top. Why didn't he say from the bottom to the top? Well, because if it would have been from the bottom to the top, it, would have, it could have said that it was a man that did such. But no, God rent it from the top to the very bottom. He says, you need to look at that. Why? Well, because, man, we could not get in. It's by one man, sin entered in. And so death passed upon all men. Because of that one man, death passed upon us. All were guilty. All were found under the condemnation of the curse. And God said, man, you really, you really need to look at the veil. You need to check that veil out. You need, to, you need to look at that veil and you need to see just how special it is that the veil has been rent from top to bottom. There is no more go-between. He is now all we need to get to God. God's saying, man, you, you, you need to look at this. You need to look at this. You don't need, it's not something that just passes by. It, man, God, God had set this veil in place from the existence of the tabernacle. And God, through the death of Jesus Christ, through the suffering of Jesus Christ, God would rent it. God would rip it into two pieces from the very top to the bottom. The whole earth shook that day. As the very, as, as the very prince of heaven, the royalty of heaven, as he died that day for your sin and for my sin, the whole earth did shake that day. And rocks ripped in half. Rocks rent in half. The whole earth shook that day. You need to take some inventory. We need to take some inventory. That on this day that we said, man, we're coming up on that Sunday. On that glorious resurrection Sunday. And man, it ought to do something. This week ought to do something inside of you. As you go back and think about all that Jesus Christ, not just all that Jesus Christ did, but for all the last 6,000 years, God in all of His grace and all of His mercy had a plan from the time Adam and Eve when he would kill and he would make coats of skin he would pour out that blood man it's a big deal and I don't want you to lose I don't want you to lose how special it is I don't want you to lose how special the gospel is. That the death and the burial and the resurrection really is as special as it was the day you got in. The day you got born again. It's just that special today. 
John in Revelation chapter 5 and in verse number 5. He's weeping. He's in heaven. He sees the book and he sees the seven seals on the book. And we just come off the hills of Revelation chapter number 4 where they're praising God and, and all of heaven is, is, exor- is, is giving God all the praise and the honor and the glory that's due His name. And there John is in Revelation chapter 5 and he's weeping. He's weeping because there's no one worthy, because there's no one worthy to open the seals, to loose the seals. And there's a voice that says, Behold. Behold. John, you, you need you need to you probably need to take some inventory of who you're looking at. It probably wouldn't hurt none of us to take a little bit of inventory tonight. Probably wouldn't hurt none of us to, to for in, in a little bit for, for all of us to get in an altar and take a little bit of inventory. Man, I don't know. Is there, is there any part of you that's grown cold? Is there any part of you that may have grown callous? Is there any part of you that may have dimmed along the way? Is the witness that you once had, is it, is it the witness that you have today? Is the dedication that you once had when you came to Christ, is it what it is today? Is, is it the same? Has it, gotten more, has it gotten better? Is it more intense? Or is it, is it ain't what it used to be? Because, well, preacher, just to be honest with you, I got used to it. I got used to it. He said, you, you need to look at the, the line. Behold, John, weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. John, you need to see him. John, you need to look at him. Why? Well, because here, here's, here's what I would say. My, my, my morning... And my discouragement and my heartache, that's what John's experiencing. You you remember where John's at. John is cast to the Isle of Patmos. John has been sent there to die. John has, by all historical accounts, John has been been boiled in oil and, and, and shipped off to the Isle of Patmos to where he'll die. John loves Jesus Christ with all his heart. John has given his life to serve in Jesus Christ. So John says, you know what? John, I know you love me. I'm going to let you see me. I'm going to unveil me for all of who I am. And John, I'm going to let you see me. But John's discouraged. And John's depressed. And John's, John's upset. And he's weeping. And he's wondering, man, who is going to loose this book? And, and the voice says, behold, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah. It hath prevailed to open the book. When you're reading your Bible, 
you behold Jesus Christ on the pages of your Bible, or is it just another book that you're learning some stuff on? Do you plan to see Jesus when you open your Bible, or do you plan to, to do your Bible study? I think it's interesting that, that Brother Mark chose in every single day of the 52 weeks of pursuit to put a Christ-revealed section in there. You say, what's that about? I think he knew the same thing that we all know. We just ain't willing to admit. We'll get to reading that book and we won't see Jesus like we should. We'll get to reading that book and we won't behold the Christ for who he is. Why? He is, the, he is it, man. He is the theme of the Bible. And ain't it funny how we can read that Bible and not even see him? Ain't it funny how we can read that Bible and live our life and not even see Jesus Christ for who he is? There's another place that, that I want you to see. In Isaiah chapter number 52. Isaiah chapter number 52. And verse 13. Now, mo most of you know, most of you know where we are in Isaiah chapter 52. Isaiah 52 is right on the heels of what? Isaiah 53. All these trick questions in here get y'all. Isaiah 53 is, is one of the greatest prophecies, one of the greatest prophetic chapters in, your, in the entire Bible of the death of Christ. It is without a doubt. It paints one of the greatest pictures, and we'll probably look at some of that on Sunday, but it paints one of of the greatest pictures of the things that he bore for you and for me, man. He's despised. He's rejected. All the, all, all the grief that we have, he, he bore. The Bible says that, 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 that he carried our sorrows He was wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions. My transgression was by Jesus Christ was wounded. He was bruised for my iniquity, my very my own iniquities. The chastisement of, of, of our peace, the peace that we have now, God chastised his son so we would have peace. You're going to lay your head down tonight and God's gave you peace. And you know why he gave you that peace? Because he chose to lay the chastisement of his, of his wrath on his son. God healed us 
God healed our sin-stricken nature. God saved us by the stripes that were laid upon His back. By the cat of nine tails that literally ripped the flesh from His back. By His stripes we are healed. We are healed. That's us, guys. That's you and me. That's who we are. And that's what Isaiah said He did for us. Man, He was oppressed. And he was afflicted. And guess what he did? He opened not his mouth. Man, we all the time, we'd rather justify ourselves than anything, wouldn't we? And, and yet he was afflicted. Yet he was oppressed and, and he opened not his mouth. He did the job God brought him to do. He was as brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. And he, so he opened not his mouth. But on the heels of the greatest chapter, the crucifixion of our Savior, is Isaiah 52, verse 13. It says, Behold my servant. Behold my servant. Before he ever became before he ever became a lamb, as he was brought before the slaughter, before he ever bore the grief that you and I have, before he ever took, took the chastisement of our peace, he was called God's servant. God's servant, man. The Bible said he came not to be served, but to serve. In the, midst of, in the midst of looking at the Lamb, in the midst of looking at the King, in the midst of looking at the man Christ Jesus, in, in the midst of taking our way, making our way to Revelation 5 and beholding the line of the tribe of Judah, and so we should. We must not forget that we must behold him. As a servant. There's plenty of us in this room that would like to be called Christ-like. Right? Wouldn't it be cool to die and, and all those people that's standing around your casket and all those people that's standing in the funeral home and all those people that they're walking by might not talk about how good a person you was. They might not talk about how great you were and how much money you gave and all this stuff, but they might say one thing. Hey, man, the dude loved Jesus Christ. And it was Christ-like. gave his self because he was a servant you know I don't think you can stroll through the pages of the Bible and, and consciously 
on purpose see Jesus and not see a servant when you see him? Jesus became a servant. And he did it. Now, now I, I want you to see Isaiah 15, uh, 52 and verse 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. My servant shall deal prudently. There's a lot of people that would that would misdefine what that word prudently is. Most of the time you find that word translated other places in your Bible is wisely. Why would why would that be? Well, you listen. Jesus Christ knew. Jesus Christ knew that being a servant was the only way to get you and I to the Father. And he was wise in understanding that. The Bible said he shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. But wait a minute, he's a servant. Yeah, he is a servant. Remember, everything in, everything in God's economy works backwards. The least, yeah, they're going to be the greatest. Whoever, whoever thinks they're the greatest, guess what they're going to be? They're going to be the least. And God's saying, God's painting the picture out. Man, you need to look at the servant. Why? Well, because he became a servant first. This, the, who, who, who did he become a servant to? He became a servant. The ones he's trying to bring into the kingdom of God. Remember, he, he didn't come to be served. But he came to minister. So, 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 so tonight, why, why is that such a big deal? Why is that such a big deal? Well, I want to ask you a question. On this evening, that our Savior, that our Savior would be led to a Roman, to a Roman cross to be to be strung up between heaven and earth. How thankful are you? When's the last time you beheld the servant? When's the last time 
she got so overwhelmed with the fact that Jesus Christ came to serve you in your sin. When's, when's the last time that you could see your sin for what it was and seeing that Jesus Christ didn't deserve to serve you, but in who He is, in everything He is, that we could behold that Jesus Christ is the ultimate servant. Friend, it ought to do something to us. It ought to do something to you. Man, you ought to wake up in the morning, on, on the, the, tomorrow morning. You ought to wake up tomorrow morning. You ought to wake up Friday morning. And you ought to wake up Saturday morning. You ought to think 2,000 something years ago. Everybody that had been following Jesus. We're in complete disarray. You know where Peter's at, Sean? He's gone back fishing. And he's took people with him. Rest of the disciples, they're hiding out somewhere else. And they're scared. They're fearing for their life. And you remember the, one of the last things he said to them, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Man, we ought to take some time before we get here. And listen, here, here's, here's what I'd say to that. And I'm really looking forward to Sunday. I'm looking forward to all the kids being in here and, and worshiping with us. And, and then them going and doing their thing on Sunday. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Why? Because this is, man, this is... This is how we got in. It's how Jesus Christ, is how God made a way. And I just don't know how much we make of it. I don't know how much we make of Him. I don't, I don't know how big a deal He is to some of us. I don't know when the last time some of us got a real tear in our eye or shout in our voice over the fact that Jesus Christ came to save sinners amongst who all of us in this room's chief. When's the last time you seen that bloody cross for what it was? When's the last time you looked up there at that cross and said, man, I ought to be hanging there. I ought to have died there. I should have died and suffered there. I should have died and after I suffered there, I should have went to hell. You'll be in the grave. There'll be a stone. It'll be sealed over that grave and there'll be Roman soldiers placed outside that grave two, over 2,000 years ago. Satan... Not knowing, the Bible says that he did not know. Had he known, they, had he known they, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord. But they had no clue that this was going to happen, that this was going to be the way that God ushered in the kingdom of God. They had no clue. Nobody knew it. It was hid from ages and from all the dispensations before. Nobody knew it. From all the kings, from all the princes of this earth, nobody knew it was going to be this way. And, it, it, and it's dark. It's dark because the Savior that they just followed for the last three and a half years. His body's been drugged off that cross and been wrapped up in cloth and it's put in a tomb.
God seizes, serve. Man, can you imagine all of heaven? As he walks back, you remember he 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 told he told told the disciples. Who what Thomas? He told Thomas. He said, "Come here. Put your fingers in my side." Thomas, you want to feel? You you want to put your fingers in my side? I'll show you the wound where the Roman soldier took the spear and and punctured my side. Man, how about we behold the hands and the feet? Man, how about we look at the head where the crown of thorns was plaited? Man, you say, what what are you doing? Listen, I really think that we need to get ourselves in a place to where we can get here Sunday and, and it ain't like pulling teeth. Man, you ought to come in here on Sunday and 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 you say, what 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 is listen, I know Sunday is a, a, a Roman Catholic holiday that these fools thought up. But listen, here's the deal. Um I'm not I'm not gonna let some Roman Catholic sodomite take away from me what God gave me on on to celebrate the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. We, we ain't got to let some child molester take that away from us, okay? Does that make sense? A.K.A. the whore in the Bible, the, the Catholic Church. Is that, everybody with me? We, we, listen, I can down them and I can berate them and I can belittle them all day long. But I'm not going to let them steal from me what happened to me at 24 years old when the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ became a real thing to me. And I hope, I hope you take some time. I hope you can see God's. I hope you can see God's Lamb. I hope you can see God's King. I hope you can see the man that Christ that could be no fault found in. I hope you can see the line as they're standing in Revelation five, and 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 man, here he comes. But I hope you can see the servant. that got up off his throne and robed himself in the flesh of a man and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Can you see that? I'm going to try to paint a picture for you Sunday morning and I'd ask you to pray for me. Lord willing, Lord willing, there'll be lost people here on Sunday morning. If we've done our, if we've done anything in terms of maybe getting somebody to be here, could, could we could we take some time tonight and just pray? I wonder how many of you 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 hadn't you hadn't seen you hadn't seen him. For who he is in quite some time. He don't do to you what he did to you before. 
And some of, some of you think, man, I used to really love Jesus. But I seen him everywhere I went. And now you don't see him no more. You see him every time you open the pages of your Bible. And now you don't see him no more. Man, man it's time to get a fresh look at Jesus Christ and, and, and do what John said. Fasten your eyes on him. Get a big old eye full of Jesus Christ. But do what Pilate did. Do what Pilate did. Man, you, guys, you really need to look over this guy because I can't find any fault in him. He ain't done anything wrong. Look, hey, look, go back and do what the, what the thief hanging on the cross did. I mean, he tells this other goon, hey man, we, we're justly here. We're, we're, we're here because we did what we did. He didn't do anything wrong. He, he's, here, he, he's here for wrong, for false accusations. Why don't we just take some time? Man, could, could we, maybe we get in these altars? I'll invite you to come pray. Maybe we could take some time. And who knows? Maybe we could take some time to see him here. Just see him for who he is. Could you could you take that? Could you do that? I know it's a sacrifice. The Bible said that's what praise is. It is a sacrifice. Could we do that tonight? Could we just take a little bit of time and come and see the Lamb of God? Behold the man. Behold our King. Behold God's servant. And it'd be good if we could do that tonight. Once you find your place, once you find your place around this altar, and, and man, it, it, we, maybe we could just come pray for Sunday, if nothing else. You ain't got any, you, you say, man, I see him enough. I, I doubt it. But maybe, come, why don't you just come? Why don't you just come? Let's, let's, let's talk to God about Sunday. Let's ask the Lord to, to bless Sunday. Let's ask God to create a spirit of personal revival in us on Sunday. Amen?